things happen and and they uh they happen to confirm some things right and because i've been messing working with I've mess i've been messing around with this message <laughs> have anybody ever done that yeah i've been working on this message and, and it was like okay there's things that 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 have progressed through the week and so um this is called stir yourself up and others too because there's things that were happening it was like oh oh we need to be stirred up about some things right about now up in here we need to be stirred up we need to stir ourselves up because whoa this kind of <laughs> wow right um pastor gary said this and i don't know what year but it was within the last five or six he said uh he was because he was talking about revival one day and i got this note revival um revival starts with me and if so and i know it is and it does i want to be i need to be ready so if revival starts within you and if so, and we know that it does, come on, we know that it does, we need to be, we need you to be, we want you to be ready, right? And then they say, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I looked up revival, of course, because you want to know, like, you know, let's, let's see what the dictionary says. Dictionary.com. It says, a renewal of interest in something that results in its becoming popular once more. Bring it back. Bring back the Bible in school once more. Bring back healing revivals in the tents once more. Bring back when, when come on, when we used to have, remember when we used to have those days of glory? They, they, and it wasn't just a day of glory. They were days, right? Ten days of glory. Come on, we saw some stuff. We, huh? You got the, <laughs> come on now. Hey, they're just as anointed then as they are now. Come on now. Yeah, so it's a renewal of interest in something that results in it's becoming popular once more. The process of bringing somebody back to life. That's revival. We have a lot of friends of ours, and everybody has friends of theirs that have strayed away, and they need to be brought back to life again. They need to have that light, you know, shining back in their faces again. Because you know when you run into Christians that are, their light's gone out, and you know it. And, and it's like, okay, you know what? Stir yourself up, and you stir up others too. Let's stir them up. A renewed and more active attention to religion, we would say church. That would mean people coming to church. Because, you know, the, the thing about this um, pandemic was that people got used to watching church at home church in their pajamas and if they didn't like the message they could always just turn it off and go make a sandwich praise the lord <laughs> and it's funny because I, I can watch the optics and and if there if there's a if there's a point that's hit click click the numbers start going down right and then they, they come back and after their sandwich is done then you see oh okay i like this part so the the, <laughs> the numbers start going up again it's like well who said you have a choice <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <clears throat> it's an awakening of people to their spiritual concerns concerning spiritual stuff. Coming to church. That's not spiritual, it's just what we do. It's like if you're you're a human, which you are, you breathe air. Why? Because that's what you do to stay alive. Well, if you're a Christian, you should come to church. That will keep your spirit alive. 
Amen. Because we 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 feed off each other, right? Um, to stir. In the Webster's 1828 dictionary, it says to cause an especially slight movement or change of position, especially slight, ever so slight, something just a little. Pastor used to say, "Extraordinary is a little extra on your ordinary, just a little bit." To disturb the quiet of, or to agitate. I like that one because I can agitate. I, I, oh, I, I'm gifted, right? It's an anointment. I can do it to rouse to activity, right? That means get up and do something in the church. Just don't sit there. Everybody's got a job to do. To call forth something such as a memory, to evoke, to stir, to stir happy remembrances. You remember when you first got saved? I remember when I first met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to have some times. And there was fun. We used to have a blast. I remember when we were going to, um, we, we, we just started going to the church where we were at Keddie's, and we didn't know which room we were playing in until we got there. And then even after that, they, we switched rooms, right? But we were able to all go over to a pastor's place after the church service. Remember that? Going over there, over to this place for a barbecue and just sit there and just, the whole church coming over, like, that can't happen now. But that's what we used to do. Right, just have fun, just hanging out. We'd all go to Conrad's and just go to the beach. I wouldn't go, I haven't been there probably since. That water's too cold. I don't do cold water. Forget that. No, no. But anyways, to evoke, to stir happy remembrances, to provoke, to st to stir a storm of controversy. Oh, you guys are going to that because I was talking to Pastor Nancy the other day, and she said, "How do people? Well, how do people? Because certain churches have a certain look." They do, right? Because I remember when I, you know, certain churches that, that I used to go visit, you could tell of the people of the church because of the, of the, the way that they acted, the way that they looked, the way that they, they conducted themselves, right? And so she said, well, what about us? I said, well, back in the day, people used to look at us as the bodybuilding church, the church of the, of the people that are just big and bikers, which is a good thing because nobody would mess with you. They were scared. They're scared, right? <laughs> but it was like, oh, so you must go to Jerry, you must go to Gary Hooper's place because you, you're kind of you're kind of big. Remember, Joey, we're, we're the three of us, me, Joey, and Pastor, walking down in in the Philippines one time. We all had muscle shirts on. We we're walking by this. Um, uh, it was just like barber shop, but it was in the, it was in the Philippines. So all these guys are hanging out in the barber shop, and and there's a fifteen or so. And in the, in the windows are all open. And then here we are walking. We got muscle shirts on. And we're just. <laughs> and the guys are looking. Oh, WWF. WWF. They all thought we were wrestlers, right? <laughs> well, because we're all this tall. We're like giants. Right? It was. But it was and so then we walked a little taller. Kind of puffed it out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> we stirred them up. We stirred ourselves up, too, because it was kind of cool. It's like, wow, man, we're huge. <laughs> we're, we're nationwide. Look at the size of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to provoke in the Webster's 1828. <laughs> we'll bring it back. To provoke in the Webster's 1828. It says to call forth a feeling or an action. Call it forth. Go up to somebody and call forth some stuff. I call forth boldness in you. 
Call forth joy, happiness, healing, all that stuff. Call it forth, right? Go up to, you know, because James would not be shy to go up to somebody, put his hand on you and say, hey, I call forth healing, prosperity in you, and just start prophesying. That's what he does, right? And we all should. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're prophesizing. You're pro prophesizing. Yeah, that's good. That's some good English right there. Okay. You're prophesying. If you go up to somebody, hey, God bless you, put your hand on them and mean it. Don't do it just as a sneeze after thought. All right? No, no. God blessed you. And put some, you know, put some, put some muscle on the word bless. To stir up purposely as to provoke a fight. Remember, we used to do that in high grade school. To incite, to anger, to irritate. We would do that. Of course. Or you pull somebody by the hair while they're going the opposite way. Why? Because you want to irritate them. You want to provoke them. Um, to make something happen. His remarks, they said this, his remarks provoked both tears and laughter. His, un his insults were intended to provoke or to start a fight. That's provoking something. But we want to provoke good in you. We want to provoke joy in you, happiness in you, right? And so um, to cause a person to become angry, violent, etc., he just says those things because he's trying to provoke you. Why do we say things to challenge you from up here? To provoke you. To, not to make you mad, but just to make you just like, you know what? I can do that. I can rise to that challenge. I could take, come on now. If not me, who? If not now, when? <laughs> so let's go do it, right? Let's go to Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 14, please. King James. <laughs> Woo! Pastor Barrett, Gary Bightley, wasn't he something? Him and Pastor Noemi? Come on. They, they were just, that was good. It was fresh. Yeah, they were so fun. Okay, we'll go to uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 14, King James. And it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of, of him throughout all the region round about, verse 15. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Have you found the place where it was written about you? Come on. Find your place. There is a place for you. And he found the place where it is written. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and you. you can, that's your place right there. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. Why? Because he has anointed you and me, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Would that not stir you up and others too? Come on, you need to remind yourself that's your, you know, everybody wants to know what's, what's, my, what's my mission statement. Well, there it is, right? And, and you tell people about your mission statement, what's going to happen? They're going to believe it. When they hear it enough and they see it, and they see that what's going on, what you're doing in people's lives. You go up to people and just start, hey, you know what? I'm anointed. Let me pray for you. Amen. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. 
You know the look that he, that minister must have had. <laughs> he would have swelled up. Why? Because it says, <laughs> he closed the book, gave it to him, and sat down. The eyes of all them that were on this, in the synagogue were fastened on him. They were looking. <laughs> you got some kind of nerve. Think about it. That'd be like somebody coming up to me right now, taking my Bible, and start preaching now. And then sit it down and go sit down again. I'm going to look after I tackle you, but you know, <laughs> and he said, he said, all that were in the synagogue uh, were fastened on him. Verse 21, he began to say unto them, this day is this, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. You know, that must have provoked some people because people they, you know, what does it say? We've never heard anybody talk like this before. Who is he? And all bear, verse 22, all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, it's not this Joseph's son. It's this, it's, you, are, you are Mary's boy. Who do you think you are? Who you? Yeah. Who you? <laughs> and Jesus said in verse 24, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Because he knew them people. Jump over to verse 28. And, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust them out of the city, led them to the, to, to the brow of the hill where on their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. And he, but he, passing through the midst of them, went his own way. Come on. Have you ever preached a message where they want to throw you off a cliff? They were stirred up. Yeah. <laughs> But what did he do? He stirred himself up, but he stirred up the other people too. <laughs> Come on, he didn't leave them the way they found him. <laughs> they did something. And, and in Luke 4.14 in the King James, it says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, but in the, in the Passion it says Jesus was armed with the Holy Spirit's power. Realize that you are armed. You are locked. You are loaded. Come on now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Acts 1 8 in the no, uh, uh, Luke 24 49 in the Passion. Um, because well, in, in King James, let's go there. I'm going too fast. Let me slow down a little bit. Luke 24 49, please. King James, then I'll go to the Passion after that. I got a lot of passion for you tonight. Well, good. Luke 24, 49, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in this, in this uh, city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That was the same, until you become armed. That was the same power that was on Jesus in verse 14. And in the passion, it says, I will send the fulfillment of the father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. Think about this. There is the mighty power of heaven falling on you and then wrapping itself around you. It sounds like a twofold thing. It's a one-two punch. How could you stay the same? And in Acts 1.8, it says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? To witness unto me both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, everywhere you go, there's power 
but you got to tap into it. Passion, it says, I promise you this. I like that. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and you'll be filled with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places uh, in, on earth. So think about this. There is an equipping and there is an empowering for the mission that we are called to carry out. And so we need to, you know, because there's times when, when we don't stir it up, and, and sometimes we take the mission and, and just kind of set it to the side, or we just coast on it. But sometimes we need to just remind ourselves, hey, you know what? We're here, and we're on a, we're here for a mission. We're on a mission. We're in a mission. And Jim, if you choose to accept this mission, right? But this, this will never explode. This word will never, ever explode. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, King James. Praise the Lord. Stir yourself up and others too. Why? Because it's a good thing to do. It just, sometimes we just need to sharpen a sword. And, you know, iron sharpens iron. And the more we sharpen each other up, the more we, you know, uh, for even doing for selfish reasons, just because you need to be sharpened. Because sometimes, you're, you know, you, you're, your knife gets, your sword gets a little dull, your wood gets a little wet, stuff happens and life happens. And it kind of, you know, kind of slows you down and dulls you out, right? But, hey, um, we need to realize that in Philippians 2.13, King James, it says, For it is God which works in you. Thank God. In other words, God is working in you. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, even when you don't sense it, just know that it's happening. You know, we're, we're in the midst of, you know, growing some, Shirley's growing some tomatoes, and you don't see no tomatoes on the vine yet, but you know what's working, right? You will see the fruits of the labor, but right now it's just getting nutrients from the sun, from the dirt, from the water, right? And I think she's talking to it, so it's probably from her voice. So, you know. Yeah, but when they start coming, when harvest comes, that's because of what you did. Because there's something working on the inside of these plants. There's something working on the inside of you. You don't know it, but you will see it. We will see it. Right? It says, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. New living, I like this one. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's going to give you the power. He's going to give you the desire to do. So it's not us doing the do. Let him do his do through you. That's what he do. Right? <laughs> Passion. It says, God will continually revitalize, giving you new life or energy to you. And planting within you the passion to do what pleases him. I need to read it again because it's just that good. God will continually revitalize, giving new life or energy to you. He's going to give you life. He's going to give you energy. And planting within you the passion to do what pleases him. And the reason why we need to do this, uh, Matthew 18, 19, we know it. If any of you agree, uh, if two... Uh, if two of you shall agree, as in touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. What are we doing? Stirring ourselves up and stirring up other people. So what is needed is my agreement. What's needed is your agreement. You agree with me, I agree with you, we'll get her done, and boom. 
Bob's your uncle. Anybody got a Bob? Uncle Bob? Who did that? I don't know. I don't know. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> I, I got this in the front of my Bible. It's uh, Psalm 71, verse 18, New Living Translation. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I cut it out and pasted it into my Bible in the front. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Come on, man. That's a, that's a fridge verse right there. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation and your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Are you bold enough to say it? Of course you are. Look where you go. <laughs> Look at where you are. Praise the Lord. Um, Romans 14, 17 in the King James. Hallelujah. We know this one. For the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? In the Message Bible, in Romans 14, 17, I like it. God, it says, God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right. That's the deal. What God does with your life as he sets it right. What God did with my life, my goodness. I look at where I come from, <laughs> a mighty long way. And mo all of us have a story, right? And you look at where you are now from where you were when you first started coming, even here, right? And, uh, you know, I, I learned this years and years ago. God is the only one that can unscramble an egg. And he did, and he does, and he continues to do that. That's just the God he is. And so it's, it's not what, it's what God does with your life as he sets it right. He puts it together and completes it with joy. So if he completes it with joy, he's going to set it right with joy. He's going to put it together with joy. And the completion is joy, right? Verse 18, your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ, one mind his mind. Do that and you'll kill two birds with one stone. Number one, pleasing the God above you, proving your worth to the people around you. You're pleasing God who you can't see, but you're also pleasing people who you can see. Right? And it's not people pleasing. No, no, you're being pleasing to people. We're helping people. Jesus did that in Acts 10, 38. How he went about doing what? Good. Healing came after the good. You can't heal unless you do good. You can't go around acting like a jerk and just say, oh, can I pray for you? Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just hang on to that thought for a minute. I'll be right back. Right? No. No, Jesus went about doing good, and then the healing came afterwards. And that's what we do, right? <laughs> Killing two birds of one stone, pleasing the God above you, proving your worth to the people around you. Verse 19, so let's agree to use all our energy and getting along with each other. Use your energy to get along with each other. Right? Come on, we could do that. That's easy. <laughs> um, the Living Bible says this. Um, 
Let me see. All right. Yeah, for, for after all, the important thing for us as Christians is not what we eat or drink, but stirring up goodness and peace and joy. Stirring up. Stirring up goodness and peace and joy from the Holy Spirit. How, well, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, how are you going to stir it up in somebody else? Right? From. Yeah, key word. If you let Christ be Lord in these affairs, God will be glad, and so will others. Let him be Lord at the mention of his name. In this way, aim for harmony in the church. If we aim for harmony in the church, we won't split, right? Try to build each other up. Try, because sometimes, sometimes that is a work, right? Because, you know, some people just... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Passion. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink. Thank you, Jesus. But it is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, filled with peace and joy. Serving the anointed one by walking in these kingdom realities pleases God and earns the respect of others. See, when you, when you start respecting people, they're going to respect you back. Right? How do you get a good name? Respect. Why? Because you respect goes out, respect comes back. I get opportunities to speak at different churches. Why? Because I respect the people. I don't cut them down because of their beliefs or what they don't believe. Right? And so we, you know, we don't look at them through their beliefs or what they don't believe, or or I might know more than you. Hardy har har. So what? What's that going to do in the light of everything? So you go around puffed up. Have fun with that. You're not going to lead anybody to the Lord that way. No, no, no. No, I remember when I was at the dockyard, um, there's a guy, just, you know, some people you're, you're just attracted to. And there was a guy that was like that. And he was just, I just really liked him. And um, every time he went out for a smoke, I went out with him. He knew I was a Christian. And he said, man, how come you keep on coming up with the smoke? I said, man, I like you. You're cool. And he said, doesn't that bug you? I said, I used to smoke. So what am I going to do, point my nose at you? And, and so after a while, he just, you know, because we got along so good. One day he came up and he asked me, he said, man, let me ask you something. I said, yeah. Well, what makes you tick? Why are you so happy all the time? You're always humming. And <laughs> I am. I said, man, I got Jesus. He said, oh, okay. Then he started telling me about his life and, and you know, his marriage was in trouble and stuff. And, and I said, man, you know what? I can, you know, you can pray. I'll pray for you. He said, man, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? But, you know, you show yourself friendly and you become friends, right? So serving the anointed one by walking in his kingdom realities pleases God, earns the respect of others. So then... Make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Do it on purpose. And do it with purpose, right? <laughs> Jerry Savelle said this, whatever God is asking you to do today, whatever it is, know for sure that we are well able to do it. Amen. Know for sure. You're well able to do it. Put your faith in the Christ in you and just do it. Put your faith in the Christ in you. Put your faith in the fact that you are anointed 
for a mission to do it and then just do it. God is setting you up for success. Whatever you're going through, it has a time limit and it has a lifespan. So don't quit. Just position yourself to receive. But what does that mean? Well, show up. Show up. Right? You know, because we ask you to come to church because we like you. We miss you. My goodness. You that are watching us at home on live stream, we miss your face. You know, because you can see me, but I can't see you. I know, it's deep. But yeah, 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 yeah. Second Timothy. Oh, wait a minute. I can't, I can't let this go through. Okay. This is cool. This is about knowing that you're right with God. Or else how could you stir somebody else up and, you're, and, and yourself as well? Knowing that you're right with God, you're righteous because he, God, made you that way. Some things are stamped, this is good. Some things are stamped made in Canada, made in America, made in China, but we are stamped made in his image and in his likeness. Bam! I, I, come on, I caught that. I was like, yeah. We're not made in Canada. We're not made in America. We're not made in China. We're made in his image. And made in his likeness. Remember it. Remember, stir yourself up. I am made in his image. I'm made in his likeness. Woo! What do we have to worry about? What do we have to deal with? Right? <laughs> Second Timothy 1, 6. King James. Therefore I, I <laughs> wherefore I put in you remembrance that you. You, 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 stir up the gift of God. Who's going to stir it? You, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Uh, new NIV, it says, fan into flame the gift of God. You fan it. <laughs> when friends of mine going through the change of life, you see them fanning all the time, right? What are they doing? Fanning to, <laughs> to put out the flame. No, we want to fan the flame. Fan it. The message just says, <laughs> keep that ablaze. Keep it ablaze. Living Bible. It says, uh, I remind you to stir into flame the strength and the boldness that is in you. There's strength and there's boldness in you. And sometimes you got to go over to the mirror, walk yourself up to the mirror, prop yourself up and say, hey, you, <laughs> there's strength, there's boldness in you. Snap into a Slim Jim. Jim, Ooh, yeah. so, <laughs> snap, stir into flame the strength and the boldness that is in you that entered into you when I laid my hands upon your head and blessed you. All of us have been had hands laid upon us more than once by some very reputable people that were used as a conduit from heaven. And you realize that all of those gifts are still inside of you. But you got to stir it up. The anointings that were on George Moss, and he laid hands on all of us quite often, still there. Vicki Jameson Peterson, still there. Jerry Seville, Jesse Duplantis, Mark Hankins, 
still there, right? Mac Gobert, Ben, Pastor Ben Priest, still there, right? You think about all those people that are on our wall of faith, still there, right? So, and then you think about this. The, the ministries that we sow into, the anointing that's on them is available to us, that's available for us, but a lot of times we don't take advantage of it, and we should, right? The anointing that's on Kenneth Copeland Ministries, uh, sow into that. Why? Because, the anointing, because every person that gets saved, we get credit for it, and if you have a need, they will pray, and things get done. You know, that happened with us, with my daughter. We, you know, I sent in a prayer request, and two weeks later, she's coming home after me waiting <laughs> a long time before I decided to make the call. Why do we do that? Well, you know, we don't want to. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to bother them. It's like God is too busy. Is he? Is he? Come on. I worked the Benny Hinn crusade. I was on the, st on the platform. Catching people, right? When he came, remember when he came here, and I was on that platform, and when I stood, when he stood on the platform, it was like it was electric, and and he started laying hands on people, and I'm catching them, and it was just like, and and they were saying, do whatever you can to stay alert, don't you, don't get caught up in the anointing that's here. You will get yours afterwards, and that's one thing I what I was teaching ushers. It's like stay alert because you will get your you'll get your reward. And after they were after he was done praying for people, he went, touch! And I flew from out here to that wall, and I just missed a great big flower pot. Me. Right? But now, you know, like when I'm preparing, um, I still listen to Benny Hinn and that anointing, just like, woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. One day, just come up to you, touch. Yes. <laughs> ah, it's so good. Philippians chapter one, verse six, New Living Translation. I stir you up with this. I am certain that God, who began a good work in, within you, will continue to work until it's finally finished on the day that Christ Jesus returns. Amen. Contemporary English version says, God is the one who began this good work in you, and I am certain that he won't stop before it's complete. He's not going to stop before it's complete. He's going to fix you and me with completeness. Amen. The message, therefore, it, it, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Stir yourself up! Amen. Say this after me. He who began a good work in me will perform it. Come on now. <laughs> I said this. Oh, you don't have to say that. Okay. <laughs> Here's the 
Here's a note. It says, take this new attitude that you have. Go on with God. Don't just tissue the issue because we all have issues. It's time to get over them and move on. God wants to move you. He wants to renew you from rags to riches, from zero to hero. Right? Now, say this out loud. In the name of Jesus. Stand up, please. Let's do this right. Come on now. You at home, stand up too. You can say this. In the name of Jesus. I stir up the gift that's within me by faith. I'm not waiting until I feel something. I will begin feeling it because I'm stirred up. I'm stirring up my faith. I'm stirring up the love of God that's in me. I'm stirring up the forgiveness that, come on, forgiveness that's in me. I'm stirring up the power and the glory of God in me in the name of Jesus. I'm stirring up everyone around me. I'm stirring up my church. I'm stirring the devil and running him out of my affairs. Running him out of my affairs. I'm stirring myself up in the spirit of the living God. And I am stirred up. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy, perfect peace as you trust in him. May the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope in Jesus' name. And the saints said, Amen. Glory to God. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.